Hey, everybody. Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey, you have Mike, and a Yo. very special guest. We have Pastor Todd here from Revive Church. Hey. And uh, we are here because there's so much going on in the media, and there's so much, uh, many sermons, I should say. There's a lot of sermons being preached right now on this whole coronavirus thing and how we should handle it all and all that kind of stuff. And the only thing I have to say is, well, that's why we brought in some experts. Pastor Todd's here. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> No, really, we're uh -huh. going to be talking about a lot of different things, such as why is it that, you know, I'm just going to get into it right away. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about that you wanted to bring up, I know, uh, that, that are kind of pressing right now. So I'm going to let Mike take over on this one, and then we'll introduce uh, Pastor Tom. Hey, guys, how's it I'm going? I'm Todd Mazingo, though. No, I know, I took it off. Oh, okay. It's, it's, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Glad to see you guys. I hope everybody is doing well. I've got cool. our topics up right now. Um, the protests to reopen. So we've got protests going over the nation right now. Yeah. We've got, I think, Sadio had shown me a map. There's about 21, 22 states. Yep. We also have government acts to shut down churches yep. and, and control what they're doing. We're going to go through just a series and a list because I think there's a lot of people who are saying – it's not that bad. You know, you guys are overblowing it. I think we really need to point out these cases to show, no, there's overreach going on. Come on. And then the most important thing today is uh, Bishop Green, or sorry, Bishop Glenn dies after keeping his church open. And I know that shook up a lot of Christians who said, well, if you're going to be faithful, if you're going to follow the Lord, you know, shouldn't you be protected? And doesn't that mean that he should have kept his church closed? Um, so we're going to get into that. But first, we want to do the protest. And, and I just wanted to discuss this a little bit with you guys. We're going to spend like five minutes on it, these protests. People are starting to protest to open up the economy. Um, and for you guys, what are you guys seeing? Do you guys, I mean, I already know the answer, but obviously the listeners want to get into your head of, do you think it's time to open up? What do you see going on with these protests? Do you, do you feel get the feeling that people are, are fighting for safety or they're fighting for negligence? Is it something that they should be doing right? Is it something they should be doing wrong? And so, Todd, I'm going to throw that to you first. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about these protests? I mean, I look at it as a total expectation. And what I mean by that is you can't take an entire country and tell them to stay at home ask them to give up their job, uh, file that many unemployment um, yeah. uh, uh, claims, uh, and, and expect that to be a long-term viable solution. Yeah. At some point, and I don't know if it's 40 days or, or 60 days or whatever, but the people are going to revolt because, mm -hmm. quite honestly, I think during this entire process, there's been this air of, is this a real pandemic? Yeah. Are these numbers justifiable for what we're doing? And because that question is out there, that this is not really justifiable the way we're handling the lockdown itself, then it forwards all of those um, antsiness, all of that, hey, this is kind of getting ridiculous. It's, you know, numbers are starting to drop, so why are we still in our home kind of attitude? Yeah, and, and you have a lot of, so we had 20, what is it, 22 million people that uh, jobless claims in the past month or so. So you have a lot of people who are really getting itchy, and, you know, I, I had said it last week, I don't like that the government is choosing winners and losers on this, essential, non-essential, and you know, we had talked a little bit about the church being not just there for physical health, but being there for spiritual and emotional health. Right. And I feel like what we're starting to see is the loss of emotional health in people where 
they're concerned about a coronavirus, but they're more concerned about I can't put food on the table. That's exactly I can't it. get a job. I can't, you know, I yep. can't feed my family. So, Mass, you I got think, well, no, I, I, again, it, it, what it comes down to is what we're going to talk about is liberty. Um, is liberty dangerous? Yes. I mean, liberty in its truest form is dangerous. To, to have someone arbitrarily tell somebody they can't do something requires a certain amount of force. Well, government, the, the only action of government is force. And we talked a little bit last week. We, we were at church and we preached on Romans 13. Yeah. And uh, the podcast before that, we did a little bit on Romans 13. And one of the things that people get confused is that government is somehow supposed to stop evil. That's not what the scripture says. They're supposed to stop evildoers. You can't stop a virus. You can't mm -hmm. stop the flu. You can't stop people getting sick. Uh, all these things. So, um, and, and the only thing you can do is be responsive with your faith. That is why Christ said, go heal the sick. That means they're sick people. <laughs> they're always going to be sick people. Uh, you know, raise the dead. That means people are going to die. You preached a sermon uh, last week about you can't be more abundantly dead. You know, you, you die. And it's a proven fact. And I think that's the issue here that we're dealing with is you, you, you can't arbitrarily close an entire economy because you think it's going to save people. You have no control over that. That's not the authority that you've been given by God to have. And so I think that's one of the things we need to really uh, cover in all this. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, and, and, and for people to connect back with the church, I think this is a great opportunity for them. Um, and so there's, there's a crisis going on, and I think it's one of those times that yep. the church needs to step up and 100%. be there. You know, and, and these protests are showing that people are reaching out for something. Yeah. They're like, I, I need... Um, I need sustenance. I need yep. opportunity. I need freedom to be able to do what I need to do. Yep. You know, um, and I don't know if you guys have something to add to that, but otherwise I'm going to segue into well, the next I'm, part. I'm going to say, I'm going to add to that, that, yeah. um, you know, the people are getting frustrated and so they need a calming and encouraging voice. And instead what they're getting is a governmental pushback. Uh -huh. No, you guys aren't taking it serious. We're not over it yet. We don't want a second wave. You need to stay in your home instead yeah. of hang in there, guys, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. Just, you know, give me some kind of window that says I've got some hope that my bank account isn't going to zero and there's not enough stimulus check yeah. to cover my bill. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And, and we're being told you're going to have to – this is going to be your new normal. I, I am – it's driving me nuts hearing this. It's your new normal until at least 2022. If, okay, A, you're pulling numbers out of your butt. <laughs> but B, I, so I was in Walmart earlier today, and I see everybody with masks on. And everybody's walking around, and there's this, like, just sense of fear going yeah, on. Yeah. And it, it was honestly making me frustrated of, like – we're we're living in fear now we're we're truly living in fear right now and you look at spanish flu you look at black plague you look at all of this stuff that was much more deadly than what this is 100 percent. and people got back to normal and so who are these voices that are deciding the world is caving in and everything's going to change purely because of this virus when Human civilization has overcome all of this stuff yeah, yep. before and before and before. Well, I, you know? let, me, let me throw just a little curveball to it um, because I think a lot of this coming out of the, uh, of the crisis uh, is being dictated by numbers. Yeah. But when you actually look at the numbers in the U.S., you've got close to half of your deaths in one state, that's in true. one city area. Yeah. So what's happening, and, and, and I don't mind throwing a few numbers if that's okay. No, go for it. Uh, you know, we live here in Martin County. Mm. Two years ago, the census said we had 170,000 people in this county. 
And to date, we have less than 160 confirmed people with the virus. Wow. So when you just do the math, you're talking about locking everybody down for a minute portion of the population. Yeah. And I think that's what people are beginning to see and figure out and say, wait a minute, New York, lock your door, stay at home, <laughs> but let us go play on the beach. That's right. That's right. I think, too, like, again, what's really going to justify government action? I don't care who you are. Find me a statute in the Constitution that allows the federal government or state government, for that matter, to do what they did. Yeah. Like, and that's the issue that we're running into here. People can say, well, they passed the, the National Emergencies Act in the 1970s. Again, read Article 6, Section 2. It does not give the authority for a bill to supersede the Constitution. Nowhere – and you sent me a picture. I never posted. I should have. Uh, there's a picture of the Founding Fathers. It's an old painting. They're in the signing of the Constitution – or, sorry, the Declaration of Independence. And there's a caption. It's a meme. How the meme world just blew up in this whole game. <laughs> it did. And it, it was said, great. Basically, it said, now, this doesn't really matter when a virus hits, right? <laughs> like, just throw away people's freedoms when the virus hits. It's so true. Like, again – my whole thing is, and I think every one of us here, including people in the church, is the foundational teaching is I have the choice to do what I am called to do because God called me to do it. You preached a sermon today on we're going to the end. We're going to Rome. If God gave you a word, right, then trust him that he's going to bring you to that word. I think a lot of people don't know what their end is. I mean, in, in the sense, like, they know they're going to heaven. But what's your purpose on earth? If you know your purpose on earth, nothing's going to stop that purpose from happening, no matter what shipwreck. And I kind of want you to go into that a little bit if you can. It was just a really good. I mean, let's talk about uh, Paul. Uh, Paul, who is told by the Lord that you are going to Rome. Uh, you are literally in Jerusalem, but you are going to Rome. And while he's in Jerusalem, he's got 40 people conspiring to kill him. Uh, he's in a barracks for his protection. He is sent to Caesarea. In Caesarea, he talks to Felix and Festus and Agrippa, but he's there for two years before he gets sent to Rome. He gets in a boat to go to Rome. He gets shipwrecked. Uh, they have to pull the pieces of the boat off and float over to the island of Malta. He starts to make a fire there to warm up. He gets bit by a snake. Uh, he stays in Malta for three months, and then he gets back on a boat to go to Rome. Uh, and the point we were making is all the way through those scriptures, you never see Paul complaining or frustrated uh, or in no, fear awesome. because he's been told he's going to Rome. Yeah. So his faith is in the word of the Lord that said, you will end up in Rome. So when he gets shipwrecked, it's like, this is not going to keep me from going to Rome. When he gets bit by a snake, this is not going to keep me from going to Rome because the Lord's already said. So I think the question, Massey, um, that, that follows up from where you're at is before the virus came, what was the word of the Lord for you? Oof. Okay, so if you don't have a word of the Lord for Come you, on. then maybe you're nervous about the storm. But if you have the word of the Lord that he's never going to leave you, that no that's, weapon that's, formed against you, <laughs> if you have those words of the Lord, then you look at the storm and you Come say, what are we somebody. fearing here? <laughs> what are we fearing? What we're doing, uh, and we made this point today, is that you can either have faith in what the Lord has told you our faith in your current situation. That's right. Because the truth is fear and faith are really the same thing. They are both an honest belief and conviction in something. Fear 100%. being an honest belief and conviction in the negative and faith being okay. an honest belief and conviction in the positive. Okay, so this brings up a question. There's a lot of people who are on the Christian side who say, yes, but God wouldn't let us infect other people. You have the other side that says, well, I believe that God is the healer. And that if there is a pandemic, we should open up the church doors. The one side, and I had mentioned this a few weeks ago, I was basically told it was spiritual manipulation to use scripture that way, to say, <laughs> 
you know, no, keep the doors open. You yeah. know what I mean? So what say you to that as a pastor? Well, I, let's look at Paul. Uh, Paul has to go to Rome. The Lord has said he's going to Rome. He's going to Rome. Well, guess what? He has a centurion guard with him. Oh. So is he infecting the Securian Guard when they have a shipwreck and they go to Malta? I mean, no, it's just part of the consequence of 100%. life and going forward. Yeah. I think, uh, Massey, you had brought up a couple of weeks ago, so Massey had used in the example of, do you stop going to the Middle East and opening up churches then? And I thought that was actually really, yes. really accurate because you're putting people's lives in danger by opening up that church. Anybody who walks through the doors of that church are now suddenly a target for muslim extremists so do you stop converting people to christ and providing the opportunity of a church because of the danger to their physical Love life it. it's the same thing here in the sense that do you stop reaching out to people because of a fear of physical danger or do you continue to reach out to them because the most important thing is christ that's exactly it i think there's a general flaw in the argument and the general flaw in the argument is that Christians will always do the right things and that Christians never should suffer a sickness and that Christians will never go through trouble, yeah. that once you come to Christ, everything is going to be great and wonderful. And yet Christ leaves his disciples saying, in this world, you will have trouble. Yeah. So being a believer doesn't mean that storms don't come. It doesn't mean that tough questions don't have to be asked. It doesn't mean that you won't get an infection. Yeah. But truth be known is... We have a Savior who walks with us, who guides us through these things, uh, so we don't have to ask the question, should a believer share the gospel? Yes. <laughs> there's, there's no question. And, and should he share it with someone who could possibly get convicted and condemned and maybe even killed for it? Listen to me. If you don't, he gets condemned and killed and go to hell. Yeah. If you do, he gets condemned and killed and spends his life in the presence of God. Your choice, go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And why does it stop us for, for any scenario possible? I think there's, there's, that, there's that idea that through this all, I mean, because there's, we're walking into a couple different topics here real fast, but the idea is what has God individually called you to do in your lane? If he's called you to do it, you will fulfill it no matter what. Paul fulfilled his calling. He went to Rome. Peter fulfilled his calling. Even though he denied Christ three times, he still fulfilled his calling. David fulfilled his calling. Even though he was an adulterer and a murderer, fulfilled his calling. Uh, Moses fulfilled his calling. Even though he struck a rock twice, handed it off to Joshua, he still fulfilled his calling. Again, you can go on and on and on. God told them to do something specific, jo Joshua being another one. You know what I mean? These guys fulfilled what they were called to do. Joseph, I meant. You know, they went to the end, and God, and God saw them through. No matter what, God speaks to, to, to Joseph in a dream. And gives him this whole entire dream. His brothers are like, well, are we going to serve you? No, in the end, it ends up being that he, he's the second in command. If you look at the crisis, right, right, he ends up being the second in command of, to Pharaoh at that time and then alleviates the, the, the pressure from the children of Israel. There's wisdom in all of this if you can catch what God is trying to tell you. Through crisis, people grow. The men of God and people of God grow through crisis and persecution, both. You're always going to grow. The numbers are going to grow either A, in your churches or B, in your tribe because you've believed in the word of the Lord. It's the only thing. And the Bible says in the book of Psalms that the word of the Lord is pure and clean, enduring forever. Nothing changes outside of the word of God. The word of God can't change. He's immutable. He can't change and he can't lie. Well, if that's the case, then why is it different today with technology? Why are we saying things are different now? If back then they went through plagues and they didn't quarantine themselves, remember... 
people are using this analogy a lot where that during the the passover the children of israel quarantined themselves and they put the blood on the doorpost no no no. god told them to quarantine themselves not yeah. a government yeah. pharaoh didn't tell them to quarantine themselves god told them go in your houses put the blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death will pass over you this is a different situation where a government is telling you you must do this and it's yeah. like no i'm i what about my faith that's active and living what about that what what's wrong with me saying that right yeah. And uh, to add on to that, the difference of the plagues in Rome, the church ran into those plagues. The, the church didn't remove themselves, right? They, they knew we have to be here for Come people. On. We need to be here in order not only to take care of their physical well-being, but their spiritual and emotional well-being as well. Um, to add on what you're Go saying, ahead. I want to run through this Do list it. of events, and there's, there's a couple that I'll stop on because there, we've had people say, well, you know, it's for everybody's good. You're overblowing what, what the government's doing to churches. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay, good let's segue. talk. Let's talk. Come on. <laughs> let's do this. So I'm, I'm going to run through some of these. If one of you guys wants to nail one of these and, and talk about it, pipe up. We'll do it. Otherwise, I'll kind of run through, and I've got one or two that I really want us to talk about. So first up, bringing in the overlays. So we had a church in Mississippi that worshipers were fined $500 for attending a drive-in service. You're not even allowed to drive into the service and sit in your car. Everybody has the windows up, right? Okay, I can't think of anybody with a reasonable thinking mind that can understand what that ticket was about. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that one's like out of the park. It's like you're sitting in your car in a parking lot and you deserve a ticket. Why? Because you're in front of a church building? But you can sit in front of your car in front of the grocery store and it's absolutely fine. Help me out. I love that title, though. Out. Holy War has been unleashed in Mississippi after worshipers. <laughs> Holy War. Holy War. It's the Crusades. The Here we go. <laughs> All right. So second up, we've got de Blasio. If I can press it. There we go. De Blasio threatens to permanently close places of worship that resist shutdown orders. So he said, you're going to shut down. If you and if you don't, we're going to go in and shut you down. If you continue Eesh. to defy this, that's which brutal. that's scary enough, but if sure you continue is, to defy this, we're going to shut you down permanently. Notice that word, permanently. permanently. And he said that the other thing, he says this to churches and synagogues. You're missing somebody. Yep. Where are you at? Come on, man, stand up. No, truth be known, <laughs> in just this week in one of the press conferences, um, uh, even Trump mentioned, "Hey." You know, why is the persecution against Christians? Yeah. Why aren't we why aren't we going to mosque and saying, hey, you guys got to shut down, too. But we're saying that to Christian churches. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I, I have two friends that live in Minnesota. I have pictures and they actually posted them on Facebook where these mosques were full, full of cars, hmm. full of cars. Right now, I don't care what you say to me. They can open. That's fine. That's on their Again, that is their freedom of choice. Fantastic. I'm totally it. for that. Don't agree with you doctrinally but i totally support your freedom to do that why only come after churches what what's the deal dude i'm telling you you want to know how god is real and alive you have to snuff him out you don't yeah. have to do that with any Go other god him. except christ yeah seriously they didn't do that to, to the church of scientology you know what i mean why are they attacking <laughs> us that's true all right moving next Kentucky governor, I, this one was probably one of the ones that got me the most out of all of this list. Um, so Kentucky governor threatened that a 14-day quarantine for anybody who's going to mass gatherings, including church services. Mind you, this is Easter. So what he said was, if you go, we're going to write down your license plates. 
then we're going to have the Department of Health come to your door and enforce a 14-day 14, 14 quarantine upon you. Because what could go wrong? With that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what, no. you know, what could possibly go wrong? Well, with you, the... you leave there and you go straight to the public's parking. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, again, that right there is 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 a, again that'll probably bleed into the topic here that's yeah. coming up next. I was going to jump ahead and I shouldn't. You, you're you're Careful. in charge. You're Careful. in charge of this right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, keep going. You have something for it? Or... No, good. No, look, Brian Moriarty just commented, how can you close down a church permanently? Are they evicting them, uh, terminating their lease, taking their private property? He's exactly, see, that's exactly liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or life, liberty, property. He's exactly right. How do you you enforce that against a church? Except force, which, again, they're not doing anything evil. What are they doing that is stripping the rights of another? Nothing. That's, that's where government starts infringing on the rights of the people. You cannot come in and tell people that they're doing something wrong when it's not violating the rights of another if they choose to do it. They've chosen to go to this place of worship because they find hope, comfort, and solace. No different than you going home and watching Netflixing and chill, right? You find <laughs> comfort and hope and solace in that. What are they going to tell you? Why is it that they, you can watch a church service online in the comfort of your own home, but not in the comfort of your church where you've called home for, for some, some oh, for 30 years, some for yeah. 20 years, some for 10 years, right? Again, this is that whole idea of if you don't understand law and its proper role, context, government, that in the end, in, in the beginning, Lockean theory, and, and this was just this precedes Locke, right? Yeah. This, this this goes yeah. to the Magna Carta, yeah. seven hundred plus years ago. Life, liberty, and property. Christ, God said in Je- Genesis one uh, twenty six to twenty eight, He said, "Go and possess the land, which is your property." He said, "Go procreate, which is life," and then He said, "Go and have go and take dominion, which is liberty." All those three are in Genesis 1, uh, 26 to 28. That's where the founders got all this stuff because liberty can't be taken by another man. So, Brian, you're exactly right. I completely agree yeah, with you. Yeah, no, I'm glad he pointed that out. Uh, so next up, we've got Virginia governor makes it a crime for over 10 people to attend church. Mind you, this is that whole, you know, over 10 people, <laughs> okay. it's illegal, don't do it, right? Okay. It, Northam of all people. Like, he's the one I expected the most to do this, you know, he, Anyways, Northam's a whole different episode. Right. <laughs> um, Florida pastor, this is an old story, but county told him, you can't have church service. He said, no, I'm going to have church service. And, of course, then a warrant was put out for his arrest. Right, right. And um, he was arrested. And he was arrested. Uh, so this one, I want to bring this up, and I'm going to read this while I've got the overlay, and then I want you guys to kind of discuss this. Um, Judge Bashanet, and this was in California, uh, the 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 whole you're not allowed to have church got got challenged and it it had been accepted the challenge had been accepted but then a judge rejected that challenge mm-hmm. and this judge um what a, what a perfect picture that <laughs> uh, this judge ruled that the state has clear authority to limit the exercise of religion when faced with a public health crisis um, and then mm. I've also got another quote from the judge. Uh, let me just pull me up uh, and I'll read it. Because again, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? This judge also said the right to freedom of religion doesn't include the right to expose the community to communicable diseases. Thoughts. (laughs) Thoughts. There is absolutely no end to the stupidity of the logic. (laughs) 
I mean, the reality is anytime you see something as a public threat, you have the right to shut everything down and close it down. You're, you're taking that liberty away from people to manage their own life and saying, hey, we've decided this is worthy of everybody staying home, so everybody stay home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you allow it, it just never ends. What stops? Didn't you say that today? Yep. What stops? What's next then? What, what are they going to say next that's going to happen as a pandemic? Guys, we've faced did – you, did you know – that, you know, Governor, or I'm sorry, President Trump issues a national emergency, mm -hmm. right? Did you know that five of them are still open from the Obama administration? Really? Five really? national emergencies, yeah. Yeah. If you go back, you can, you can research yourself. I think there's over 25 open right now, national emergencies. So, again, what's to stop them? They just keep writing these things, and we don't even, honestly, we don't even know about it. Let me ask you a question. Anybody that's watching, if you can comment yes, I will, I will, I will gift you. A government versus God course, okay? Did anybody read the stimulus package that they passed? All 840 pages of it. <laughs> you don't know what's in the thing. Nobody realized it. You know why? Because we're so consumed on what the media is telling us about this. Honestly, I read about 400 of those pages. I did. I stayed up till like 2 in the morning one morning. Because I'm skimming through a lot of it is just code added to this, which this bill adds to this. But a lot of it, all of a sudden, it's like, did you realize that, what was it, 80% of that bill went to things that had nothing to do with COVID oh, and yeah. government used this to do that. And yeah. then the Congress votes themselves a pay raise in this. How come we're telling people to go home and shut your businesses down, but we're not stopping your pay. I'm just, I'm just asking. Right. And I, and it's not, I'm not mad about it. I'm saying, look, the lack of knowledge, it's, it's really simple. Hosea four, six is right. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge, not because they lack power or Jesus or money knowledge. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance, James Madison said. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance. And the only reason that we can be in this position is because we just don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now you need to educate yourself. One of the things that came across today, what we were all talking about when we were in church, was what, the, the one type of people that's going to rise through this are the ones that learn from it. What did we learn from this whole thing? Can you, can you go into that? Yeah, and you know, I, I think everybody um, during this time is learning something about themselves. Absolutely. First of all, they're learning what they're willing to give up. They're learning what they're afraid of and what they're not afraid of. They're learning where they need to stand and, and what they need to oppose. I think they're also learning what rights and rule does government have over me? You know, you could say, well, the government can never do this to me. And then you realize, wow, they just did it to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's one of those things where... Uh, you're going to learn so much about how your government is run, what rights they do and don't have, yep. what is liberty, uh, how do we deal with that, what's the relationship of the government and church. There's so much coming out for us to learn that we're going to come out on the other side with uh, uh, a lot more knowledge, uh, yeah. a lot more understanding, a lot more uh, ability to say, hey, there's some changes that need to be made based on this stuff. Yeah, Jared's got this really cool comment. He said they don't know. This is Jared Angsko. He said they don't know it's a public health crisis till we know how dangerous it is. So how would they ever know how dangerous it is till after the fact? <laughs> He's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially now. Look, the numbers were so skewed. I think you brought that up last week. We were talking privately that the numbers were so skewed, right? Everything, I, I, like as far as projections and things like that, just skewed. Yeah. And so, I the irony is you can do anything you want with numbers. 
When President Obama was in office, he was saying, you know, man, we've got the lowest job, uh, uh, jobless rate in history. Now Pre President Trump's saying we had the highest uh, uh, jobless rate in history under Obama. Now I have the lowest job rate in history. So you can do anything you want with numbers. You can fudge numbers. The bottom line is, was it really a health issue? That's yeah. really the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. Um, so one more story before we get into the main crux of what we're talking about. Main and crux. What a word. Look at All you. Right. So Hot California dog. County's order criticized for limiting online worship. They said, no singing. <laughs> no singing in your online worship. So you've got five <laughs> say, people, say that that no singing in your online worship, unless each person's sitting at home. That's the article That's, you sent me. I never read. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I was like, you need to read this, bud. I feel like a dork <laughs> for not reading that. This, this story caught me. And it, yes, it's one county. One county, of course, in California. Go figure. But if one county is willing to go that far, the question is how many other counties or states are willing to go that far next time? So I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I, you know, I was, I've told both of you at some point that I believe there's something spiritual to this. It just, as soon as I read it, it was like, this is spiritual because worship is so vital for the Christian, for the believer. You know, worship so many times brought success for the people of God. And you notice oh, that's what was it is getting attacked. You're not allowed to sing. That's a great point. And there's plenty of Christians who will come out and say, well, that's fine. We can play guitar. No, I think there's value in speaking <laughs> out the truth sure, in so worship. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. So you know, I wanted us to sit on this one for at least five minutes just to discuss I, this idea of yeah. canceling worship for churches. So who wants to go with it? You know, I, I think there's clear biblical evidence for singing. <laughs> I don't think you can argue that that's a part of the Christian walk is worshiping the Lord with song. You yeah. know, sing a new song. Come on. Uh, and so, I, you know, it's, it's almost worthless to debate the value to a believer of worship. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no question here. There's nothing to discuss. I think the insanity... Of this, uh, of this particular decision you're talking about is I'm going to assume that the reason there was no singing is because there might be some kind of projectile germ yeah. from singing. Right, right. And, yeah. and I hate to say it, but there was a guy in Publix the other day whistling, and it scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> you know, I, it, and this is online. <laughs> so you're only talking about the people in the room with you, which yeah. if you watch most of these online services, their worship team are all six feet apart. Yeah. So yeah. now we got to talk about what can you do or not do if singing is wrong because it's going to infect other people? Well, then whistling, definitely. We need to put that mm -hmm. in the Constitution that during viruses, there's no whistling, <laughs> no sighing, no sighing. And I'm, I'm really a little bit afraid about even yawning. You better not have a kazoo. You know, I, I think how in the world do you make a rule like that and expect to enforce it? Yeah. You know, uh, to, it, it's a whole lot like the parking lot. You're in your car listening to an Good. FM station and you get a ticket yeah it it, it it the logic of it i understand if you're singing there can be germs coming out of your mouth yeah. but listen to me if you're breathing there's germs coming <laughs> right. out of your mouth that's right that's right <laughs> no talking no talk because some people have a lisp like i do and you spit a little bit when you talk it's, like, hey, it's over we got a problem wait you you spit when you talk <laughs> look oh, right man. here oh dang come on man uh jared said well have you heard some people sing 
<laughs> Maybe just some should just clap. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that wasn't what the uh, what the rule was about. <laughs> if you can sing, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just 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 watch it. We're gonna determine whether or not you're worshiping God by your vocal ability. You know, it, it's it's funny because the shofars. <laughs> oh man, the shofars! Oh now man, now you're blowing it all over the neighborhood. <laughs> so, all right. This sounds ridiculous, but. Honestly, no, it look doesn't at, sound ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it, right, right. It, 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 I'm talking about even us bantering back and forth about what government will do. I mean, seriously, this this has come to that point where we're actually talking about this, that they would actually regulate a worship Singing. service. But, but here's what I'm saying. As, as we come out of this thing, I, I think we have to have a, um, a, a recording of all the stupidity. Yeah. And what I mean is when we begin to make future decisions about viruses and how we want to respond, we have to look back and say, look how stupid we were in some of our decisions. And did they really have any kind of effect? What effect in the state of California is stopping an online worship team from singing? Exactly. I, I mean, okay. I'm one of those guys that it's like, if we're going to make a decision, let's go for the gain. Okay, I don't want to make a decision that affects 2%. I want to make a decision that affects 98%. Absolutely. So how is telling an online worship team going to affect anything more than six people out of how many in California? No. Yeah. Crazy. And here we are. Because <laughs> there's going to be hope at the end of this. We're not trying to be cynical. What we're saying is if you can look at this, use let's just use some common sense and gain the knowledge now. Because what, what happens is if you don't understand and you don't know, you're just going to make decisions based on emotion, not principle. As a matter of fact, I got to say this. Yesterday I was walking out of the house. Yeah, yes, yes, Saturday morning. Um, we got asked for a neighbor across the street if we could do a drive-by happy birthday for their daughter. She's 13 years nice. old. We thought, yeah, so we went to go. Actually, it's across the street. I had to go to the Publix parking lot to set up for everything. I drove farther to set up than going across the street and honking my horn. It was funny. But when <laughs> I walked outside the door, I have a picture of it. It said, happy birthday, Prudence. Happy birthday. Her name is Prudence. I, I, I almost started crying. I was like, Lord, that's a word for me. Yeah. Prudence. That's something that we need. It's like, bam, here it is. You need prudence in the season. You need wisdom in the season. What prudence actually means is wisdom applied, wisdom in action. And so what happens is if you're too emotional and you don't know and you have a fear, like you said, faith and fear are pretty much the same thing. They're just what it's what's the unknown. Something is something is about to happen. How you operate in that will determine what prudence really is. Is it fear or is it prudence that you're making decisions on? We need prudence in the season now of virtue. We need virtues of prudence. And, and why I say that is because when you make a sound decision, people will follow that over emotion any day. They'll follow someone with a sound mind, not someone who's just emotional and just starts shooting their mouth. That'll come and go, and it always does. Look at the Wall Street protesters. Look at the Antifa protesters. Look mm -hmm. at the protesters against government. It will always fizzle out because it wasn't done in prudence. It wasn't done with a sound mind, and that's where we need to be right now is Absolutely. a sound mind. Absolutely. Okay, so the final story, I'm going to bring this up. A prominent Virginia pastor who said God is larger than this dreaded virus dies of COVID-19. Um, and I had wanted to bring this up because I think this is really important for us to discuss as Christians because it is a possible outcome. Sure. Uh, one of the things that he had preached, uh, he said, I firmly believe God is larger than this dreaded virus. Later on, uh, when he was sick, 
and he was being rolled into the operating room, he proclaimed that God is still a healer. He said, I don't know how, but I have to say God will get the glory from this, which I I think is really powerful and shows where he's sitting on this. And then earlier in the sermon that he had preached when he said God is larger than this virus, he said, if I had to deliver my own eulogy, I'd say God is greater than any challenge you and I face. That would be my epitaph. So there were a lot of people who said, the church needs to close to keep people safe. And there's a lot of people pointing at this, and, and there were news articles that almost kind of found a giddiness in the fact that this pastor kept his church open, said God is larger than the virus, and then he dies. Almost as the accuser points the finger and goes, see, God isn't for you. God's not protecting you, so wow. therefore you should have been closed. I want to cover this because I think there's a lot of Christians who see this, and it almost shook them of like, wow, maybe we weren't supposed to stay open because somebody, a a pastor who supposedly is a man of God dies out of this. And and I think we need to respond to that and show the the truth of the situation of who God is through this situation. Massey, I really think you ought to start with the comments you made about his life and who he was. I think, uh, yeah, I I know you have a lot to say on the subject. I am... even even hearing it from you, Mike, it, it's 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 troubling because even in the, even in the Christian circles, um, not not one time did we hear a brother in Christ went to go be with his father. Not one time. You didn't. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I saw Christian share this post about this pastor dying, and it was like, see, had he listened to government? See, had he just submitted? Not once was it, man, thank God, that dude at least stood on his conviction, and he went to go be with his father, because remember, God's going to say to you on judgment, when, when you meet him, well done, thou good and faithful servant, not successful. We can't determine who's going to get healed or not. And, and so one of the things that he did, he was, what was he in ministry for over 30 years? I Something think it was. Something like that, yeah. And, yeah, 40 years. It was 40 years. And, and how many souls did he lead to Christ? Did anybody talk about that? So he finally stands up and says, I'm going to believe in the Lord. And a brother went to heaven. And that's what we should be focusing on. Here, let me say this to you. I'm going to ask everybody, and everybody can comment, please. Did you know that, that someone died from South Dakota on January 30th of this year? Do you know who that person was? I'm just going to ask you guys. Do you, you know who I'm talking about? Nope. January 30th. I told you, so you can't say. I won't. It was a youth pastor in South Dakota that died because of the flu vaccine. Not one reporter, not one time was anybody saying, man, she, you know, she should have just listened. She shouldn't have, she shouldn't have taken the vaccine. She should have taken the vaccine. Is she mandated to take the vaccine? Blah, blah, blah. Had nothing to do with it. You know what they did? They, the, the church and the Christian Post wrote this beautiful article about her life and what she accomplished. And she died from a flu vaccine. No, no report, no nothing, no national news, no New York Times. I think that's where I'm coming across with this is, whether he made the right decision or not, he did what was in his conscience to do. Did it harm anybody? No. No. He passed away, but nobody saw that he had diverticulitis, and his daughter kept saying that he kept getting viruses all the time, and yeah. he was getting fevers all the time, and that COVID actually takes more senior citizens. I think the, the, the highest number of the deaths Do, do you are know that the actual, the actual numbers that are being reported right now, I've seen this in two different ways, but they're the same number, that 80 80% of the deaths are over the age 60. 80% of the deaths are over the age of yep. 60. That tells you something about the virus. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, so to go back to that, a man in ministry does what is on his heart to do. Paul just said this, Paul Garner, he said, isn't it similar what 
to what was said to Jesus on the cross. If he is the son of God, let him get himself down from the cross. It's, it's that same mentality that someone actually believed their God. And if this was his time, then it was his time. And his whole thing was, I'm going to put faith in my people that they can believe in their God. So a brother went to heaven. Why don't we focus on that? Man, like, when's the, did anybody reach out to his family and say, man, you know what? We're going to support you. We're going to love on you. We're going to try to see what we can do for that church. Do you know what I mean? You saw the media destroy him, and most every single, and I'm saying because I got a lot of Christian friends on social media, attack the dude. He, he was doing what was on his heart that was right before God. You can go ahead with your, well, you got a ton of facts. And well, no, what I'm going to do is, uh, you know, I just sat down and made a list of the reasons he may have died. Uh, and, and what I'm saying is, I, I don't know the answer to any one of these if it's, if it's a valid reason. But I'm, I'm doing this to make a point. One, one to strike up some conversation with yeah. you guys. Uh, but in the end, to make a point. So I began to list in myself the arguments that I'm hearing people say the arguments that Christians make, the things that get said, what if we just considered them all? Things like, and this list is not all inclusive, was his heart right in his proclamation of he needed to have a church service, or was that done out of pride? In other words, was there some sin of pride in him that made him declare that? Mm. Was he physically compromised already, which we know, and should have been more careful? Mm-hmm. Was he testing God? Oof. Was he telling God, hey, I'm going to make this declaration, so you got to have my back? Was he working beyond his faith level? In other words, stating something that he really didn't have the faith to believe in, but he hoped it would come to pass. Were his days numbered, like you just mentioned? Was it just his time and it was the virus? This one's kind of interesting as I begin to think of it. What if God was taking him now as a merciful way compared to what the end of his life was going to be? Here's what I mean by that. I have lived with three people who had a long-standing suffering of cancer. And, and COVID, in this case for this man, took him yeah. in a week. Yeah. And yeah, maybe was God week. was just being merciful and saying, let's use this instead of you going through this long, arduous battle. I don't know. Was he a godly man who God just decided, you know, I'm going to give you a reward right now. Yeah. Uh, was there fruit in his ministry or was there no fruit in his ministry? I don't know that. Uh, I think you made a good point. But here's a real intriguing one, too. Was God taking him now in the midst of this to start this debate? Ooh. So we could have been, been discussing. And here's what I think uh, the challenge of what we're discussing is. Do we even have the right Come on, to have dude. the conversation yeah. about why this man's life was taken in the midst of this. If, if God's ways are hard, higher than our ways, then I'm looking at this whole thing and saying, all I'm doing is judging. All I'm doing is throwing down some edict of why I think it happened when I'm not God. I don't know why this happened. Yeah. Can, I, can I go through a whole list of things? Or is there information I don't have to make this decision? Listen. 99.99999 all day long nine of the people in this country and on this planet do not have the information they need to make this decision. Absolutely. They don't. They have no that's idea it. what was in his heart. They have no idea how God viewed him. They have no idea if this was reward or this was uh, God taking him out for making. I, I don't know. 
But I think in some ways it's really, really, really arrogant of us to make a declaration of why we think this virus yeah. took him out. Yeah. Yeah. And for the most part, we wouldn't have heard about it except through the mainstream media, correct? Yep. We wouldn't have heard because there's people, do you know, 140,000 people a day die. Do you know, there's a new statistic that came out from the CDC. Actually, 10 out of 10 people die. It's insane. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Golly. I mean, How can we be believers that God heals if we die? Something I, must be broken. Something's got to be We don't have off. enough faith, I guess. No, no, you're, 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 you're right. I think in this, in this instance especially, and Jared just made a great point, hasn't death lost its sting? Has death yes. lost its sting or yeah. not? Yeah. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's the end? Okay, so I, I'm, I'm clearly, if I'm going to comment on this situation, I'm going to say this. Life is a vapor. Man. You're only here for a certain amount of time, and praise be to God if I go out of something that only takes a week and doesn't take three years, because yeah. I've seen what the three years looks like. So the reward is eternal, and the life here is temporal. And I know this sounds um, a real struggle for a lot of people to get a hold of, and maybe you have to get to a certain age to really get a hold of it. But I'm okay to die. I'm okay to die because I know what's ahead. I'm okay to die because I know the promises that have been made to me. I, I, do I want to leave people? No. Do I want them left in a situation without me? No. Do I want to grab hold of the eternity that God has for me any day? Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to add on to that is, you know, we can't really know where his heart was at but the quotes that were at least given in terms of his sermon and things he had said really show that his heart was for god you know saying even going as far as saying i don't know how this is going to look but god's going to get the glory i i just know god's going to get the glory that's a man who if that's taken on face value is sold out for the lord and has hit that point of <clears throat> It's God who matters in this whole situation. And even if I don't understand or don't am not able to reason, God's still getting the glory. And I think too often we look too low in these situations and we say, well, am I going to have stability? Am yeah. I going to have peace? Am I going to get healing? And we, we, we look at the physical healing as the ultimate goal in the situation. When yeah. this guy, had, going with his quotes, he had moved beyond and said, no, 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 it doesn't matter what happens to me as long as God gets the glory through this situation. Massey, you gave a statistic not too long ago about how many churches there are in the U.S. Yeah, over 300,000 Protestant pulpits. Yeah. 300,000 Protestant pulpits. And let me ask you a question. In the last 30 days, do you think there were any pastors of those 300,000 Protestant pulpits that have died? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, so they must have been righteous. Yeah. They must have been right. Because they died outside of the COVID virus, so they, they had <laughs> to be righteous people. That's a great point. I think, too, the way that the article was shaped, again, you have to turn on the mind of the Lord here, okay? The way that the article, and I read the original one from the New York Times. Yeah. It was, local pastor keeps his church doors open and dies. You just inferred that he, gave the, he got the virus from church and he died. Not the Walmart that's open 14 Amen. hours a day. Not the Publix that's open 14. By the way, did you know that Publix has a, like we talked about before, it actually now marking the aisles to go one way because apparently the virus only goes one way, <laughs> right? So not the Lowe's that's open 14 hours a day, not walking outside, taking a breather, right? It couldn't have been anything else except he went to church and did what he did. Come on. The bottom line is, again, and, and I will, I'll hang my hat on this. 
you will never see a soldier. I've never seen soldiers, and I've studied World War II, uh, Civil War. I've studied, uh, my, my, my brother was in the military. He said when people died, we didn't blame the man that died. We didn't look at him and say, what a prideful prick. You know, what a, what a jerk. Why did he go out and do that? No, they honored the man that died. Even though he died, he knew he would die for his faith. Whether he died by COVID or whether he died preaching the gospel in a foreign country and got slaughtered for it, he died. Praise the fact that he died and went to be with his maker. He went to be with his father. Regardless of where his heart was, that is the job of the Lord. Like Pastor was saying, it's not my job to determine who, who got into heaven by what merit. If he's under the blood of Jesus Christ, he went. He has the ultimate reward that we're all seeking. Come on. And we're mad at him for going to that ultimate reward. That's what doesn't make sense to me. What are we mad at? We mad at that he made a declaration? He said that God would get the glory. Do you know how many people are hearing about Jesus now because Amen. of that? pastor dying amen god is getting the glory through this if you can hear spiritually if you can see what's going on one man dies so what if his son or i don't even know if he's got a son i know he's got a daughter what if they're supposed to take over the church built on his faith that he had in his father come on yeah. what if what if that's your chance to say you know what i'm gonna build on the faith that he had that he actually had he believed in something greater than himself right because this isn't i was telling you earlier this is an evolutionist nightmare right now, the survival of the fittest. If that's true, then close the hospitals. Let COVID run its course because guess what? I'm sorry, because guess what? People are gonna die anyway. That's what the evolutionist thinks. Survival of the fittest. No, you know why you want hospitals open? Do you know why you want places to be shut down like this? You know why you want people spared? Because deep in your heart, you've been given this thing called a conscience and there's conviction in your heart to have compassion for other people. Do you know where that comes from? Not you, that is the Lord. And when Jesus dies on a cross, he dies because of the compassion he has to draw you to him, to be in union with him. This has nothing to do with whether he was right or he was wrong. The man went to be with his father, the ultimate prize. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> how, but do, you know, how do I follow that up? Hopefully, we didn't, when he was in Publix, he was walking the right way in the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just got to camp on this because it's Go fun. For it. Okay, Please. Just because it's fun, and I'm not taking away from the seriousness of what you just no, said. No, no, no. I, I just had to make the point. But I had a conversation with a Publix manager this week. Hey, man, uh, come and, on. And, and here's one of the unique things. If you have one-way aisles in a grocery store, it means if you and I enter the aisle at the same time, we're together all the way through that aisle. But Ooh. if it's two-way, we just pass each other for a couple seconds. So the one-way aisle thing doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to me. And, and this manager I was talking to, I said, do you guys still have the 7 a.m. opening for the elderly to yeah. come and shop? And he said, yes, we do, but it's no good. And I said, why is it no good? He said, because what happens now is all of the elderly come at 7 o'clock. So we have a store full of elderly people. Oh, so great. if that virus is available, they're all here to get it. Listen you know? to this. <laughs> so it the logic is yeah. gone here. Yeah. So uh, it, good things that don't make sense <laughs> <laughs> which proves what is it what's that saying i never I ever got the saying right the way to hell is paved by what is that good intentions. by good intentions i mean if you think about it it good intentions get you so far but without common sense those good intentions turn into something bad actually yeah. right it's you know where do i even go from well, <laughs> okay, like, this is what's <laughs> tough is because i kind of left you perched on there <laughs> like ah, what do i go what do i do here I, and again we brought a, a a pastor who um we, we've been talking a lot about this recently you and i've had constant meetings about you know what do we do are we are we willing to take this fight on 
we didn't really say much during this whole thing. We just, we did what we knew was right in yeah. our hearts. We, we made the decisions that we knew were right for us to make as a church, as a body. Um, I know, I, I mean, you, it's unfair to ask me because it's like, what, would, would you close the doors? No. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's this idea that, that because you make a decision and it goes the wrong way, is it wrong? Okay, what's that? We were talking about Stephen being stoned in the book of Acts. Can you imagine what people were saying about him? Yeah. He's, about, he's about to get stoned for preaching the gospel. And I can promise you there were people there saying, you know, dude, if you would just shut your mouth, you could live another 30, 40 years. And he said, no, Lord. And, and, and the Bible says they stoned Stephen, him crying upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. They stoned him for preaching the gospel. He, he couldn't have been that old, but he, he had received the gospel, preached the gospel, and he died for it. What's wrong with that? Didn't God protect him? You know, I, I, that, that comment you just made reminds me of the movie Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, oh yeah. Well, now you're talking about Great somebody point. who has a conviction about a gun and God uh, and stands firm to that conviction. And by the time the whole process is over, we realize we're so glad he had that conviction because he brings, what, 125 men yeah, down yeah. off that ridge? Come on. I mean, that's that's that. Let's play the whole thing out. And, and you know, for you and I, in the conversations we've had about church opening it not opening it it, all that kind of thing uh we tried to not only make the decision that we felt like god impressed upon us but we gave people the freedom to make their own decision yeah we said if you fit into the cdc guideline don't come if you're uncomfortable being in a group don't come so so it's not you know one of the one of the humorous things that I always think about in this process is we're arresting the pastor of the congregation. The guy that's up on a stage 20 feet away from everybody <laughs> while everybody else is in a group. And, and, and what I think about is if you have a whole group of people on the beach, let's say there's 50 people that decide to go to the beach today and they all hang out together on the beach and they're in a big group. The, a arresting sheriff doesn't come out and say who organized this party. Yeah. He says, leave. Ooh. And if they don't leave, who gets arrested? Yeah. The ones that didn't leave. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I'm not understanding why that's not happening in a church. That it's the pastor's responsibility. If people decide I need to be in church right. today, right. I need to right. be worshiping my God today. I need to be with others singing. So let's arrest the pastor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because he opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I think that goes back to the, the idea of liberty. You know, I, I say this to my wife every morning. Now, it's not a joke to me. It's really not. I'm not. I'm not saying it to be funny. You know, I could leave here, get on the road, and die. True. I could. I, as as ironic as it sounds, anything could happen. My health. Could, my health could fail me. Whatever could happen. The idea is: Are you right with God? Is Jesus Christ? your savior. Come on. That's the bottom line out of all of this. The only reason fear exists is because you're fearing the very thing that in the end is going to happen, death. You're Ooh. fearing death. Ooh. Good word. Good Ooh. word. Ooh. And, and, and when you're in that position, you're not going to make a rational decision because you know what? Us being in a house right now in my little podcast studio, did you know that we're defying nature? The laws of nature are against us. They're yeah. going to, they're, they're out to kill us. That's why when you go camping, it's, it's tough in the elements, you know? You're, fear, you're, 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 you're fearing the thing that in the end is going to happen to us is death. If Christ is truly your God and Savior, you're not fearing about what's going to happen in, in, in life or whatever. And I think that's why uh, Paul said in Romans 9, whether death, whether life, whether perils, whether nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Nothing. 
And so if you're not there at this moment, that's where you need to be. You need to go to the Lord yourself and say, man, Lord, am I right with you, God? And if you're an atheist watching this, because we have a lot of them that watch, especially on Instagram, right? <laughs> that if you are, this is a perfect opportunity to find out what truly it means to live without fear for the end. I have battles with fear about, man, what about tomorrow? Sometimes I worry about bills being paid, all that stuff. We, we deal with that stuff. But when it comes to death now, this put everything in perspective for me. And you know what really helped me is your story about your, 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 your wife. Yeah. You know, the, the story of it's going to happen to us one day. And what we're trying to do is stop what inevitably happens to us all. And, and if you're there, we just want to extend that to you, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. It's not just for sin. He came to give you life and that abundantly. When you can focus on that abundant life, you're not focused on the temporal. Matter of fact, Colossians says, set your affection on things above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Right? That this temporal thing, like our bodies, our flesh. You know what's funny? The, the, the temporal and the body of the flesh is so, it's a... It's, uh, always against us that we try to reform it. We try to do surgeries. We try to do diets, which are good things. I'm not saying diets are bad or anything like that. Keep your health up. But what I'm saying is eventually we're just going to croak. Yeah. Um, and let me add on to that. So if you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you'll gain it. Come on, dude. And this idea of when we try to protect ourselves, we end up losing out on life. And you can bring that from the spiritual to just the purpose-driven life. If you see somebody who is scared to go out of their house, they, they stay in their house for years, decades on end, are they truly living a life? No, they're living, they're living existence. They're not living a true life of abundance. It's the person who is willing to remove fear from their life and go out and do what they need to do and do what's called of them that actually ends up living a life of abundance. Yeah. And the one thing I like about this story, I really like about this, is it, it made everybody start talking. Yeah. It, it made the accuser point the finger and say, see, he shouldn't have been open. God's not protecting him. It made the, the, the doubtful Christian go, well, what if we die? Does that mean I was doing it right? And it makes the... the, the hearty faithful christian go what's the most important in this life the gospel bringing people to christ and what i love about this man is he died doing what he was called to do which was to present christ to people shepherd his flock bring them to a new spiritual understanding of who god is a new relationship right that's so vital and and when you can put away everything else and you can say I'm going to stand on this stage suffering from diverticulitis and, and have the danger of viruses yep. and fevers and know that I could die from this virus, but I'm still going to yep. be here for the glory of God. Amen. Man, that's Amen. so much more of a testimony yeah. than closing your doors and saying, well, we'll get back to it when everything dies down. Yeah. There's, there's so, such a different attitude and spirit about that. You, you, you hit something, man, that I, I think we could agree on is when you saw these articles written about this man of God who died, regardless of why he died and, and how he did, Satan is the only one that accuses. Yep. yep. What voice did we listen to through that one? Yeah. What voice did we listen to? Did we see a justification voice, a, a voice from the Spirit of God saying, man, I vindicate that man, or the voice of the accuser? And, and that's another, uh, or another thing that you have to start thinking about uh, as you're reading papers and things like that. Yeah, 
a couple things I would throw in. Uh, one is, you know, the scripture is uh, in there that um, that this accuser accuses the brethren before God day and night. Mm -hmm. And and I had originally read that scripture for years as that Satan is in front of God accusing us of not having faith until I realized the ridiculousness of Satan accusing us before God who knows us. It would be a complete <laughs> waste of time. That's true. Yeah, okay. That's true. What that scripture's actually saying is in the very boldness and face in front of God, he is accusing you and yeah. I to our face before God. Wow. So before God, he runs around like a roaring lion, wow. accusing That's you good. and I. So Come who's, on. who's the one that needs to have strength? You and I, because we're being accused by the devil wow. right in front of God. And, and so we have to stand up. And, and, and the second thing I would throw in, if you know anybody, and I'm not saying there's an exclusive club out there, okay? But if you know anybody who has truly loved and lost a believer, whether it was your mother or your father or your wife or a child where you knew they had a strong, secure faith mm -hmm. in God. Let me tell you something that happens in that process. You become more aware of heaven. Yeah. Because now you intimately, personally know someone who has a grabbed hold of that thing. And when you begin understanding, wow, my wife, my mother, my child is in the presence of God. They're enjoying all of those promises that we made. They're there. Watch this. The sting of death gets removed because you know someone there. Wow. So your, wow. your belief yeah. in me crossing over and joining them takes the sting of death out. If, if, if there is a sting of death, then we don't understand the promises of God. I, and that's why wow. I say yeah. I'm absolutely fine, although I don't like it for my daughters. I don't like it for my wife. I don't like it for my friends. But for me, I'm absolutely fine to die. There's no fear in death. That's just the stopping of this body. I'm an eternal being with God. I'm going to get to grab a hold of those promises Preach and it, go bro. forward. Come on, give so, them Jesus. No, no, but here's what I'm saying. So when we look at this pastor, okay, going back to Massey's original point, in a, in a in a in an odd way but grab a hold of it he's been wanting to die for years yeah he's been wanting to be in eternity with his father for years he's okay with this yeah the father's okay with this all of us are going to face that believers don't give to live forever just because we believe in healing there will be a time when our body stops yeah. and we step over in eternity where's the fear the fear is if you believe this life is all there is yeah. Ooh, or on, you believe that you don't know this Jesus and you're not going to spend an eternity with God, then you should have a fear. Yeah. And two things to that. Would you rather stand and know you died standing? Right. So when you were brought before the Lord, knowing you stood for his name and died. Right. You know, and and. I forgot my second point, so go for no, it. No, let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me throw, and that's probably my fault for signaling you. But let me, let me throw a, 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 a cap on that. A, yeah, a, go for a, it. A, a, a drive a stake in that one. Um, there was a pastor in Waco uh, who most of us know who David Crowder is, okay? Yeah. Uh, in the yeah. church that David Crowder serves in, 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 um, in Texas, in the Austin area, uh, his pastor was baptizing on a Sunday morning, uh, and and 
when he was done with the baptism, there was a mic that was mounted on the baptistry so people could hear. Oh, goodness. In the baptistry, he reached forward to pull the mic toward him, and it was not grounded and actually hooked into an electrical line. Oh, and he was electrocuted in the baptistry and died. And it was a horrendous story, a horrendous witnessing that everybody had to have, okay? But here's the other side of the story. What would it be like to step over into eternity in front of God when you got electrocuted for baptizing people? <laughs> it's not a bad entrance. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not a bad entrance, you know? And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking of this pastor thinking he was standing firm in his faith and proclaiming the promises of yeah. God. God, God dude. Yeah. Come on. Man. Yeah. So in the end, because um, we're, we're pretty much at an hour. Wow. Yeah. That was quick. There's a lot to cover on the subject. But in the end, the bottom line is his conscience. I mean, really, where is God leading you? What is the word that he's given you through the season? Like, especially when you became a Christian, has he put a promise in you to say, I'm going to get you to this end? If you don't know that and you don't know your purpose yet, you know what you can hang on to? Eternal life. That's all you need right now. He hasn't given you anything yet as far as eternal life. So hang on to that word. Hang on to the fact that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's where it's at. And so we're honored, man. I love having this dude on because Absolutely. first off, like, it's, it's just cool because like when you have someone who, um, this isn't a cap, who's lived as long as you have. <laughs> <laughs> You're older than me, right? And you have wisdom. And, and there's things too that for some reason, when you have someone who's been through the ringer you and, and we all kind of have our own stories when you when you have people you can look at things through wisdom and say you know it's not that bad mm -hmm. you know it's not you know th th this this whole fear thing it's not it's not that bad you know when, when you go through hardships and you're like real ones where nobody sees the, the the struggle and the crying and the tears and nobody sees the you know the, the punches to the wall and how many holes you made in the wall you know these little things that happen or, or things that happen nationally they're really not that big of a deal when you consider that in the, it's a drop in the bucket in the eyes of god that god yeah. can do so much more than this and if a virus is going to stop an economy why can't the spirit of god regenerate an economy and regenerate a nation Amen. i mean think about that why can't he stop an abortion agenda just asking right and he can that's why we're doing this so we want to thank pastor todd for being on because he's the bomb uh, go on to reviveusnow.com. You guys can see all the uh, stuff that we're doing as a church. Revive Us Now also has a lot of the sermons that we've been preaching. The last one was really good. Uh, this recent one was about, uh, where, uh, what, is, what was it called? Uh, something <laughs> about Rome. It? it was really good. No, what seriously, seriously. I thought it was called going to Rome. Getting in the other side. There you go. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't do that to me. It I'm was tired. so good. It's six hours later and I can't remember it. I'm going to get in trouble for this one tomorrow. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to set you up for some inner healing for the holes yeah. you're punching in the walls. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, that happened to me, okay? It happened to me. Uh, also, you got Mike over here who's uh, been an awesome co-host. Yeah, this, this is our second year uh, doing this. But what we're trying to do is not be reactive. We're trying to be responsive. And like I said last week, the difference between them both is character. That's all we want to develop is character. So God bless you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys.